0: hello and welcome to another episode of the selfish podcast today we're going to get to know Jaya janker and we're going to find out about her life and her story and for those that are listening on audio this is also a video episode that will be on youtube so go check it out and drop your feedback hi Jaya, can you just share with the audience myself where in the world are you and what time of day is it for you
1: oh hi and thank you so much for having me so I'm in Sweden and actually right now I'm I'm out in the in the Swedish archipelago. So it's a lot of sea, a lot of different islands and nature. So it's it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Wow. The Swedish summer time. Here. Yes.
0: Yeah, and it's nice to connect with someone in Europe because it's the same time zone. So it makes it nice and yes. easy for me. A lot of guests I have can be from like America or Australia and it's trying to work out that different. Sometimes I'll be recording late at night or their first thing in the morning. So it's nice that we've got the same time. So what I like to do with my guests so I get to know them more personally and hear about their life is I like to go to the beginning of life. So can you paint me a picture of how was life for you, say, pre-10 years old? Where did you grow up? What did your parents do? What was life like? Paint me a a picture.
1: Absolutely. So um, I was actually, I'm going even further just so you get the whole picture. So I was born in India and I was in India up until I was two and a half months old. And then I was adopted to Sweden and to my parents living here. So, and they have already had a son. So he's biological to them. And then I came uh, along. Mm So I' grown up here uh, in in outside Stockholm and in Sweden uh, but actually I think when I was around 10 years old we always had the summer here where I'm at now and um, I was playing a lot with kind of we had a lot of dogs and I had imaginary horses and stuff, because it was a lot of time here where I spent by myself playing and and creating a lot of ideas and stuff. And I remember when I was 10 years old here playing on the rocks, I kind of knew from the inside that my mission, even if I didn't know what mission was or anything like that, I knew that I was meant for a bigger picture and that I was meant to speak to people on stages, but I thought it was about singing. I'm not that good singer, so it's not bad. But I knew from within that that I had a calling. And then, you know, like all the condition, everything that we've been through uh, in this society, I would say, came along, of course. but. For me to now kind of be where I'm at right now, where where I'm actually start to put out my vision and step by step acknowledge that and start to living the life that I'm that I was meant for, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, I would say.
0: I'm nice. It sounds like you had a a different childhood to some, and um, everyone's unique and everyone has their own say life. I've had parents that have had adopted children, but I've never had someone that. Oh. Would, that was the adopted child. So you're my first who's gone through that process. Um, There's a couple of questions I have that I'm interested in. One I just want to know, how many dogs? You said a lot of dogs. How many? Yeah,
1: okay. For (laughs) me, it was a lot. It was like my aunt's dog, my grandmother and our dog. So it was only three. But for me, they were like, they meant a lot because they were also my, what do you say, uh, playmates to like really explore and do stuff because they like i i know that you love animals as well and i mean they are so uh they follow me everywhere Yeah, and that- one of them slept in my my bed and like <laughs> yeah. kind of best friends i would say
0: yeah and i think me. i think a powerful thing when your child is like there can be a lot of pressure of say judgment because you're trying to sort of work your place out when you're a kid and like you're getting told certain things, certain rules and certain things. Like you said, you have maybe an innate call in, and someone's sending you a different direction. And But when it comes to the animals, they just have no judgment. It's like if you treat them nice, they're going to treat you nice. If you're yeah. even a little bit nice, they're going to give you an abundance of love back. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like a very, like for me, I always had a, there was always a dog around throughout my whole life at some point. And it's like, they give you not just safety or comfort, but like I said, they give you that companionship. Yes. And when you're a child, you can really feel it and bond to it.
1: Yeah. And I think speaking to you now and also um, that I've been speaking to your, Danielle, your love, like it's it's also, I don't know, something I, I never thought about because I've been raised with dogs my whole life and how much impact they, like they impacted much more than I actually reflected on until I, I met you, both of you, I think, to be honest. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's something me and Daniel talk a lot about because, like, her her calling and her passion is animal driven. And yeah. uh, I don't know if you've read it I'm, I put out a book called The Self Who Am I? And in that book, I go through what I believe is the three pillars of purpose. I believe everyone has a calling and innate yeah. purpose within, but there's only three pillars to that purpose. And within that, you have your unique experience to offer within that yeah. service. And like I said, one's the animal kingdom, one's the environment, the earth wants yeah. humanity and they're all equal and this is what i've seen so many people struggle some people have innate calling towards the animals yeah but the people that are for humanity are like what about people like people and they put this importance or this structure and it's like no everyone's unique but all three are so intertwined that yes. it's like they, they you have to serve in somewhere but it's there's a vastness of experience and service available you yeah know, the power of animals like i was sharing with danielle says you can bring uh what they've done for her in her life like that connection if you've been traumatized by people it's kind of hard to bring that trust back in for some people and they don't feel their inner love yet through an animal Mm. you can just reconnect rebond and still have that feeling and that's what works so powerful for her and I believe that's life showing her how powerful they can be so that she can bridge that gap for people you know so that people can connect again and love yeah you know and be be in a place when you when you was a child and you said you went through adoptive process. At what point did you find out you was adoptive? Because I'm guessing your parents mm. are Swedish, so you noticed exactly, maybe you exactly. looked a little different to them, and your brother. Yeah. How
1: did so that I, th- I think w- my my earliest memory. I was around five years old, and uh, I asked my mom like because then I noticed my difference of of my skin color, mm. and I asked her like, "Mom, could we change?" skin like could we change the color because I want to look like everyone else and she paused and she was I remember it clearly she was like why do you want to change skin or like the color because if you think about the the people we know about like the neighbors or the friends and and family they usually want to to be (laughs) sometimes (laughs) um in the summer and so on so and you actually you're always having this nice color on your skin and somehow i don't know that made me think that i was good enough having like having this brown color yeah and after that i never thought about it because i have had the privilege to not be judged by my by my skin like through my life which is rare I would say I think and but my children has asked me the same question and I put the same answer <laughs> so somehow they were also like oh that's fine yeah because my daughter is it's pretty brown and my son is is um lighter skin color but he gets very brown in, in the summer uh well, so I-
0: I think it's yeah. similar to me because my dad's actually from India. Um, oh, English! I didn't know. Wow. So I
1: don't know if you
0: can see the the color of my yeah. skin is like caramely brown, but I tan really easy. If I go in the sun, yeah. I just change. I don't burn. I never burn, no matter how much sun I go in. I don't put yeah. any sun cream on or anything, and my skin just adapts really fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was something that I had. Like when I was younger, it wasn't so much anyone was being say racist to me, but. I didn't belong to a race and I noticed mm. like through school and cuz of my age I'm 35 now so when mm. I was younger there was in England a lot of Pakistanis a lot of Indians yeah. and then the English people so there were three main groups that were there there wasn't really much african there wasn't much europeans it was they were the majority um yeah. and but they all stuck to their groups you know, they all found that commonality in their race so they all the pakistanis would group together all the indians group together and all the english group together and yeah. there wasn't too much exchange and i noticed that all of them would complain about each other they was all racist to each other yeah, so it yeah. wasn't like one was worse than the other they were all, oh, and where i fit in was all free and it was really strange yeah. because the pakistanis accepted me because i was half indian and they're like oh you're just like us yeah. Yeah. the indians accepted me because they're like oh you're half indian you're just like us and the english were like oh you're half english and yeah. it's really weird because i would be able to have friends in all groups and then hear them complain about each other and argue about each other because of their races. Yeah. But for me, I was like, where where, where's my place? And that when I was younger was a very confusing place to be. I didn't feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable in my skin, but I also didn't feel there was a, a group to associate with. Mm-hmm. And, and then as well, that mixed race was really rare. Now you see so many different people of so many different backgrounds. Yes. But 20, 30 years ago, it's like it was very, very different. <laughs>
1: Yeah it was and i think as well like what you're saying when i when i reflect back that i i i kind of wanted you know with my teenager and so on most of my friends were swedish uh, swedish like light i don't know skin color whatever you say but i remember so clearly i had a friend who was also from
0: Oh, I've got a little distortion in the in the audio yeah. and video. Can you,
1: can you hear me? And I remember she was telling me, oh, did you? Did you yes. Oh, can, can you hear you me?
0: Just, yeah, it just suddenly glitched. It happens on Zoom Wait. for some reason. I don't think it's your end. This seems to be see. a Zoom problem that happens now and then. I just, okay. I just start from the beginning yeah. of what you were saying, if you can.
1: So uh, what you were saying as well, like for me, um, I had a lot of a lot of like girls and 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 uh, boys who were looking much brighter in their skin when i grew up like the swedish uh friends i had but i remember i was around 14 and i had one friend who was also adopted from india yeah. and she said to me like wow yeah yeah finally i met someone who will understand me and at the time i was like oh but you have your best friend? She had one really close friend. And I was like, I don't understand what she was talking about. Because I think for me, I never pay attention, to be honest, to skin color. Not for everyone, because my passion is people. But I think in order to get that passion, it was through the the, the dogs. I never thought about it until now, to be honest. But through the animals somehow, and because on the other hand, I never felt that I fitted in. Like I still have like okay, hard times to to know if people really get me on yeah. the like core. So um let me see where I was let me see what your
0: question was it's just it's just interesting like you're saying that you're having that sort of revelation that was the dogs and like you said they've got a different not only a different color different fur different look different shape like but you can connect with them and for me it was similar I was always passionate about connecting with people and I would be the one stopping fights and racist arguments because I would try and bring them all together because I I didn't understand it for me but also being a mix of race I was like if you don't like each other because of that, it's only because you two got together that I even exist.
1: <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So it was like I was, but I was it. the same as you. Yeah. I was also the one who's, if someone bullied someone or something, I was the one who always <laughs> <laughs> raised my 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 voice. And also for the 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 girls in the class who who never dared to do it, I had no problem in in standing like.
0: Yeah, and it's, having
1: them by, behind me. Yeah,
0: have them, and I used to really like, like when I look back on it, I would go out my way to interact with some of the kids in the class that I saw, and it wasn't a race problem. They were just for some reason either being ignored or bullied exactly. or something. And you could see they were sad. I could see their suffering yeah. stuff. So I would always want to interact, even if it's just saying hello to them, how are you and stuff. And they, you could see they were like, oh, someone actually wants to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I noticed that from a very very young age. Whereas I think for many people, they don't sort of even see, see it. And it's more like they're acting on some sort of lower instinct to just conform to whatever situation they're in, rather than to be aware. Unless like, so my yeah. mind came through having, I think from having a very traumatic childhood, so from very, very young age, my, my childhood was really traumatic. But I think now I see that as a gift because it's like, well, that made me really aware of my environment. It made me really aware of how people behave. Yes. You know, so I could analyze and see, which in the beginning of life was a lot of suffering, because all I saw was suffering everywhere I looked, mm. whether it was the environment, animals, people, I would mm. see the pain, I'd see the suffering and be on a quest to fix everything. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that in itself became a, a painful journey. Whereas now, later, say it's, it's like, okay, that was a gift, that was something beautiful. You know, because I'm not there now. I'm not in that place now. So I don't no. need to experience the pain of that. I can look for something beautiful from it. Yeah. Did you find you said yeah. you had a call in when you was uh when you was young, you just knew there was something in your core. Do you remember your first sort of just ambition or dream? Was it to be a singer or did you have like a career? Like what what was your first memory of something to do, be or become?
1: I think it was because I listened to music a lot and I I had a lot of dreams. And I'm a big visionary. I think that what was kind of my calling at the time, even if I didn't exactly knew what, to inspire other people, because I I haven't been through a lot of suffering in this lifetime, but in previous ones. So for me, it's all about a lot of stuff. How can I say it? Like what is going on in the world right now? I've been through a lot of stuff in previous lives and I just know that and, and and I could feel it. It's a lot of spiritual things I've been through lately, which is like going back in in time, which is not from this lifetime. So pain for me or suffering, nothing surprises me. I don't know. Um, I could relate to it. I could relate to everything that people has gone through without having that experience in this earth life. I don't know if this makes sense. For me, it makes sense. But um, which makes that I could connect to to anyone. Um, nice. Because I, I believe that uh, even if people do really, really, like they, they make a choice, we all have choices. And if they make a choice to really hurt someone in different ways, I also believe that when they were born, they weren't born evil or they weren't born, but they could be, how could you say it? Like condition in.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent. I think everyone was you know what I mean? uh, innately uh, thriving of unconditional love. I think that's yeah. where we come from, that's what we are. And that's what, that's what we hunger is yeah. because that's what starts if without that from the mother and the father in the very, very stages, we'd literally die, you yeah. know, because we're completely dependent on them. And yeah. Part of that is the nurture, the food and the safety, but it's that unconditional love that for the very first, at least six months, you know, your parents can't judge you for anything that you do. You can, you can go toilet on them. They won't judge you for it. They'll be happy. They'll think it's sweet. You know, (laughs) you get whatever you do, you're going to love and then you're going to build that foundation. But as life and experience happens for whichever reasons it's constructed, there's a conditioning. Like you say, you get conditioned to a certain pattern. Yep and yeah that focus i think on the unconditional love gets broken and we start to look yes. for the f- sensation and the feeling of that in all different directions from what our experience has shown us you know and we have to bring yeah. ourselves back to that place and that's like a journey that i had to go through and it's why i share online is you're not discovering something brand new you're actually rediscovering what you exactly. have within you yeah you're,
1: yeah it's fascinating me totally <laughs>
0: and I think just what you were saying, that place within, like, to be able to connect with people, share with people, I actually made a video on my channel the other day on it, and it's um, what I call independence, but it's a yeah. an inner place that you depend upon, that's your sort of stance, it's your grounding. And I used to, when I was younger, done a lot of boxing and martial arts stuff, and it's like, you have a stance, and that stance is your foundation, that if you were to get hit, that you can either duck, dodge, dive, or actually yeah. take a punch. So if you've got a good inner de- dependence and that stance is grounded and firm, if life hits you, you know, you mm. don't get knocked out or you move out the way you're mm. fluid and you can have that place, you know, yeah. that's for a lot of people. It sounds like that's what you've got. You've And it sounds like a lot of it came from your parents gave you a good foundation and structure that you didn't have to have a lot of it. They
1: did. I, I would say that they did. And, and the other part was what, what I like know now and, going through a lot of my biggest trauma is actually the adoption like being separated from my birth mom at that age and then i knew i was given like sugar water and not much uh, what do you say like
0: nurture
1: exactly uh, the first two and a half months and then now getting some kind of I don't know, spiritual awakening, you can call it anything, I would say. But when I go through some of the documents from the adoption, there's so much stuff that doesn't make sense. So what I felt two years ago something, that I think I was sold. And I kind of, I trust that in the right timing, I will get the answers. Like, I know when when the universe is ready, I will be giving right. And right now, it's a lot of people coming into my life, which is around human trafficking, which is around like, uh, and I have known that. And I think that is what I kind of felt as a child, but I didn't know, Luke, that it was about that. But my my soul knew. I don't know if that makes sense. And
0: it's a big area where that's a big industry unfortunately it is um but it's it also is. something that's very heavy heavily in the orphanages it's very heavy in child services and everywhere where children are basically but especially the vulnerable ones mm-hmm. you know so um like you said whether that's something there or whether it's been brought to surface as something that's just to ignite your core to set your yeah. passion and fire so you can have direction yeah and influence um but no it's and i would say like i always say because I said earlier, like I had a traumatic life and that continued most of my life, to be honest, till I was like, till I broke out of it. But life didn't yeah. stop getting chaotic. Life didn't stop having, giving me some little blows here and there. But the way I looked at it and perceived it changed. So I yeah. could, and what really helped for me is I changed the word trauma. I was like, I don't like this word. It's such a crushing feeling from that word trauma. And so many people, yeah. like, what I'd say is own that word and, mm-hmm. that, and it keeps them sort of trapped. So I had just changed the word trauma to drama. And I like writing stories and I was like, no good character develops any qualities without drama. And we wouldn't watch an entertainment show or a film or a book if it didn't have the drama to develop the character and build their strengths, but we'd also be unsatisfied. And normally the villain is created where they have the drama, but they go the wrong direction with it. They don't make it useful. You know, they use it to abuse in certain ways. And then we go, that's the villain, you know? And then, whereas the hero we look at and they go, they are, they went through drama but it made them stronger, it made them better at whatever they're trying to accomplish. So I'd say yes. like your your drama, with your childhood drama, that's what built your character. That's what's giving you that inner dependence and giving you a sight and perspective. Yes. It builds your character to who you are. You know, so is that, is that um, you said you have kids. Is, do you ever plan on having adopted kids? Is that something you think about? I'm just curious.
1: Hmm. I know that I thought about that before. But right now, where I'm at now, when I, like I said, I get involved, like the universe is providing me with the right people entering my life right now around that topic here in Sweden. There's so much more that I need to know because now there's so many, like you said, it's a big topic, but I'm not sure because there's so many children and infinites (laughs) taking from their mothers. So, and being sold. So, no, I wouldn't. Not at this time. There's too much corruption going on that I need to like um,
0: just know too- a bit more about.
1: Yeah, awesome. yeah, I would say.
0: I went to India when I was. I've been a couple of times, but I went when I was 15 for the first time, and it was yeah. like a youth service thing. So, like 20 of us all went out there, and they took us around to different places. But what impacted me the most, and I really felt, um, is they took us to an orphanage. And it was yeah. a really small orphanage and we took some clothes, we done a little firework display and got to really connect and bond with the kids. And I remember holding this little girl, she was only maybe three years old and she had a couple of missing fingers and stuff like, and it's like, when you come from England, it's like, you don't see kids with missing fingers or arms, no. them, unless it's a birth defect, but even then you don't see it. Um. And I remember having it and I just had, a, I was just like, one day man, I've got to have an orphanage. <laughs> I was like, one day yeah. I need to, uh, I want an orphanage where I can, because I saw the kids on the street and you see them. But I saw more smiles, to be honest, than I've ever seen in my life on the street. Yeah. In kids yeah. that didn't have anything that I had. And that really was an eye opener because I was really depressed when I went. And I was like, it made me realize, wait a minute, like, and I can really see it now. It's like that depression, that feeling was coming from within, not because of my situation. I always assumed my situation, anyone would feel depressed within it because it's mm. problems causing it. Whereas mm. I went there and saw a lot of problems and they weren't mm. depressed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this gives me a nice insight into, into their life. But yeah, no, I plan as well. I really want to have, my my sort of dream is to have two biological children and one adopted child. Yeah. Like you said, it's finding out, I'd really like to know the process. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, whatever that child's come from, I know I can give it love and unconditional love. Yeah. Like whatever it's been through, I believe people always have that place to build them back to where they need to be.
1: Absolutely. And, and,
0: and give them that, what they need, you know, not necessarily always what they want, <laughs> mm. but what they need, you know, to be to be in that place.
1: And especially, I would say, since you're like, both of you are working so consciously with yourself and have been doing that for I would assume years. I mean, it couldn't be because I'm, I'm very like, I love the way I am like teaching my children. They are within me, uh, not within me, but they're with me on this spiritual journey as well. So I see them and I treat them as souls because that was something that I didn't have. And I, I had a lot of like, I had low self-esteem and a lot of like, Low confidence as well when I was growing up and around my body and stuff. So, to to help them to to treat themselves as how would I say it? Like put themselves first in the way of setting loving boundaries and in order to give to others. So,
0: yeah, no, exactly.
1: Like all of that. Yeah. And so but- I would say that would. I mean, mm-hmm. you would totally help to transform a child's life if you if you adopt as well because you're also so aware
0: but yeah, I think it's, like you say, it's like nurturing them and allowing them to grow and exactly. recognizing their individuality of yeah. being that they're a separate entity to you they're not you so you don't even project you onto them no but you can help them grow you can nourish them like a flower you know so they can just blossom into whatever they're meant to be but yeah that should be balanced and it should be of service you know bringing more yeah. balance into the world in whichever way it that is and um no and i love what you're saying about serving yourself first that's why this is called the selfish podcast yeah it's, you have to you have to have a full cup to be able to offer someone else a drink you yeah. know and then you need to refill your cup to be able to serve someone else if you keep giving someone a sip of your drink cuz they're thirsty but mm. your cup empties out you will soon become empty and you yeah. won't get help anyone you know and that was a place i was in my life before like i said i was yeah. a full-time carer for my mom for a long time and it, i sacrificed a lot of my life and a lot of my uh, welfare to care yeah. her, which i don't regret in any way because it all, all experiences gifted me something um but it was it took me time to realize and go right i need to also make sure i'm maintaining my own self <laughs> yeah so, so i can take care of the people i love so i can take care of others and I'm noticing that's like a lot of people are in that place now. And that's why I contribute now more. So it's because I've seen that people are thirsty for that because they're realizing that there's a lot of people out there that need to actually take care of themselves.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and like you said, I think as well, being a parent, I know that when, when uh, my daughter was, I don't know, um, half like seven months or something like that, and she started to eat food, real food, I know that I um, I always ate first and I had some friends who were like, why aren't you like giving her first? And I said, but if I kind of pass out because my blood sugar at the time was low, how could I help her out? She's not dying if she had to wait for 10, 15 more minutes. And that might sound harsh, but on the other hand, it helped me to to kind of, center myself even at that time i haven't started to do the spiritual work and and uh, the growth um work i that came later when when i had the divorce from the father but um it was kind of you know it was just there i just knew that okay i need to take care of me first and then i could support her like of course not when she was breastfeeding and so on no not at that time, of course, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I still need to eat, you know. Yeah. But
0: like you said, you're yeah. setting yourself up you yeah. actually your intention was you're doing that so you can be better for her, for yes. her yes. sake. Even though you're, it's like I say, it's a circle. It's, it's always repeats. You can't be selfish. Uh, and if you're in that form and not be actually, you're only being selfish to be of more service, you know? So it's yeah. I'm trying to reclaim that word because for so many people, selfish can sound like a, a horrible word. But it exactly. really depends on your intention. It depends on your activity. Yeah. And So how old are your children now? You said you have two?
1: Yeah. Uh, my daughter is turning 12 and my son is turning 10 this month. So no. now they are much bigger and much more aware, I would say. We have a lot of fun discussion about everything.
0: Um, so do they speak English yeah. or Swedish or both? Uh,
1: they, swe- they speak Swedish, but they learn English in school. And um, my daughter is practicing it more and more. Uh, and my son knows uh, some words. And But um, I know that they will, because I have like my, my soul family that I build globally, all of them are English speaking. so. Um, And I have a few here in in Sweden, but otherwise they are from different countries around the world. And so they kind of, I think that's the best way to practice as well. Then they have to, you know, uh, try to, like, because, I mean, for me, I made a decision with my business to go globally. But yes, English is my second language, it's not my first. But if I didn't make that decision, because my mission is bigger than than me, then um, I just throw myself out there.
0: And so what is what is your so, business? What what are you? Yeah.
1: Building? So I I started like building my brand and my business. It's actually let me see, 2018. Yeah, four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was after like growing up and having like um, the high school and all of that. I went into the hotel industry, which I was in for over 20 years in different, uh, not only in Sweden, but also different countries. But also um, uh, I went to school abroad and and then I was working here in, in, um, in Sweden. Um, and I think it was because I met so many people. Like all the guests and all the the stories and all the service, that was kind of also to see how some people treated money, treated themselves, having a lot of wealth, a lot of money, but still were very humble and very, yeah, caring. I would say, and then the opposite, of course, like. It's always. But I think that's when I started to learn the kind of the psychology and, you know, through all the meetings with people and everything. And um, then I had five years ago, uh, my dad was sick and he got his cancer back. And then um, before he died, I spent a lot of time with him, his his. Um, last two months in life, um, I could feel that something big was was waiting for me. So I said to him, like, I will be fine. Uh, and something big is, is, is waiting. I don't know what that, but something is, it was actually my mission, but I didn't know at the time. And he said, yes, I know. I could feel it as well. And he was not what I thought, spiritual open. But at that at that situation, it was like the energy was flowing, the love was flowing around us. It was really intense. And um, so, when he died, that year was like very intense. I had a toxic, toxic. uh What do you say? Working environment, okay, yeah. and then he went sick, and then he died, and then a friend of mine, three. I think it was let me see, yeah. Three months later, she died in a car accident, leaving her two children and, and her husband. And then that toxic for for a kingdom environment, they let me go because yeah, I'm not going into it. But and it was the best for me at the time. But all of this happened through six months period of time. Yeah. And after that, I was like, "Okay, am I passionate about this industry?" And so on. I was like, "No, I'm not." And life is too short. And you know, all of this like more existential question came up. And I took some time off to just be. And I I remember I was out in my neighborhood walking, and I was standing outside another. Uh, like house with apartments and there was um, I don't know a woman came out she was maybe around 65 70 years old and she started to talk to me and then I, I kind of reflect on wow she was sharing her story and also her illness a little bit and so on and then I was like okay I'm standing here I'm talking to her we don't know each other but she shared about her life very easy and and simple like it just came and I thought oh my god she just wanted someone to to listen to her Mm. and at that time I was like oh my god I need to do something for her (laughs) like this is and I didn't know more about the time but then I started to write down okay what what do I like like what am I passionate about I knew people but more and I had recently find, found my grandmother's clothes. She loved fashion and she loved clothes. And, and also she took care of them. Like she had it for a long time, but she also followed trends and so on. And when I grew up, I didn't like my body. I didn't like um I didn't like the way I look, to be honest. And my grandmother was very like, she was constantly on a diet and my mom as well, she would say no, but yeah. And there was a lot of project, projection around that uh, about my body when I was like 10 or something from my grandmother as well. And that hurt more than I now know. But um. So, when I found, and I, my my weight has always been like up and down. So, I was very early mature. So, I once again, I didn't feel that I fitted into whatever the norm and the, like we're all different, but you know. So, when I tried out, I found her skirts uh, on my mom's attic and I started to play around. I was like, oh my God, this is hot, like handcrafted really beautiful garments hanging here and no one using them and then I started to play around like okay how can I dress it down how can I? oh how does it make me feel like I really went into it and when I grew up I didn't pay that much attention to clothes I wanted to feel nice but I never been someone you know follow the trends or something like that but I started to notice what it what was shifting in within me when I started to be more creative and then a friend of mine said but Jaya can't you help me I'm going to a business meeting I have no idea what to wear maybe you could work with this being a stylist and at the time I was like no I'm not the style I don't even follow trends and she was like but you have people in your age I was 39 at the, age, at, at the time um there's there's a target group out there in your age, like, and so actually that weekend I I made a decision and I went, I applied for for a school, like a stylist and personal shopper school, a, a course, I would say for six weeks. It was so much fun. There was so much creativity. I, because they also. There was a lot of history around clothing. There was a lot of like different dimensions, not just trends mm-hmm. and sustainability as and so well. And then I started my business or my my I started to work in a, in a fashion store as well to, to kind of get to know the the industry more. So in the dressing room, my brand empowered by Yaya, which is not a fashion. Brand, but more from the inside and out, uh, was born because I could see that a lot of the women came in; they had so many issues around their body, and I could see something beautiful in every in every person. So for me, I was just adding what they didn't see. So I was like, "This is psychological. This is not even about the clothes. It's just our. How can I say?" um not armor but something who, who yeah reflect who we are if we put it that way okay and so, you know friends are like this but yeah.
0: if so you reflect you, so you do that on who line? you are then yeah i do we... it
1: online
0: yeah i was oh, gonna say no, is that something I'm... you do in person or you is it just an online
1: Both. Well, so something... i do it
0: and it yeah, it reminds me of um because i think you was in it we just finished i think it's where we connected it's a time to thrive challenge yeah um, did you do all the days
1: yeah i did i'm the- i but the bonus i'm at the bonus because i didn't i, I wasn't uh, participating on the bonus day so i'm kind of re-watching it now before oh. it takes yeah. away.
0: because there was a day i think it might have been on the Fourth day, maybe, and they bring up a person who does makeup. I don't know if you remember her. She and they went through sort of coaching her on her business. And she says, like, what she's learned on doing makeup is these women are coming to her because they want to look beautiful on the outside. And she goes, but she's realized through her life and her things that it's actually what they need on the inside is to feel beautiful. And bridging that gap, and it was like, and it was really interesting to me because I was like, no, they painted it really well, and it sounds so similar to yours. It's like you know what they need, and it's an inner inner beauty to come to surface. Exactly, they're coming to you for the outer beauty, so you give them what they want, but also giving them what they need, and that gives that balance and that fulfilment. So no, it sounds beautiful. And so, so where can people find you for that service, or do you?
1: Um, I have my website, which is jayajunket.se. And I'm also on Instagram under Jaja Jankert, my name, and on LinkedIn and Facebook and Pinterest. So I'm pretty, and I have some videos on YouTube. It's not, I haven't put that much attention to it now. It will be more, but I have some. So under my name there, you could find
0: so how, how have you found, because I'm interested, because again, we're both, I'm even now connecting with you digitally and so yeah. much is digital. Like for me, I, I started with, uh, I've always been on YouTube and I used to do that for work before. So that yeah. was where I go to. Um, yeah. But also like I started an Instagram and then at one point I was like, I need to be everywhere to serve everyone. So I was like, right, open an Instagram, open a TikTok, open this, open that. And then I was like, oh, I can't keep up with all of them. And some of them, to be honest, just frustrated me. The amount of stuff I saw that wasn't giving me nourishment and was taking my nourishment, taking what I had just from even going on it. I was like, do you know what? Delete that app, delete that app. Which ones are working for me and which ones can I actually be productive on? Um, Yeah. So that was where I was. But have you noticed with your what you're doing, what you're sharing? Is one particular area working better for you than another?
1: Uh, if you're talking about social media, yeah, no? yeah, I would say LinkedIn. At first, uh, like 2020 was a lot of clients coming from LinkedIn. Now it's more Facebook and Instagram. So it and I, it was when I decided and made a decision to go more global. Yeah. Um, so facebook there is a lot of interaction there but also instagram uh i would say and i don't have a lot of followers but the ones i have have you know have been there for
0: it's like quality over quantity yeah that's the way it needs to be for a successful actually business it's not about the numbers because you can have a million followers but if they're not in your actual um, Audience that you need. It's just pointless having that many people if they're not actually you're not able to serve them anything.
1: No, exactly. <laughs> and I think as well for me, the more because for me it's all about um, what is that healing a lot, a lot of all my layers. Because the more I heal, the more I could help someone and be at service to someone else. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's all about embodiment and not just read a book and then oh. Now I know this, like I'm much more, yeah, into the embodiment and really releasing the, the shit, even if it comes up to the surface now and then. But then I, I have my own tools how to navigate and I could guide others. So the more spiritual open I've been now lately, the more I'm attracted to these kind of clients to me, and that's actually... The clients i really want to to serve as well yeah, so,
0: interesting. And yeah. two things i wanted i wanted to ask you one more question about your business but first you just said something about healing and it's something that it's a bit like when i was saying the selfishness and taking back that word mm-hmm. in my journey of life let's say that part of healing i felt right i need to heal i've realized that there's something there that needs to be again fixed and yeah it's broken you know and I went through all that path and it's like I need to fix it I need to heal it and then I got to a point where I realized this is a never-ending path you know and then I was like wait a minute there's nothing to heal I'm good enough I'm not broken I'm not damaged goods I'm just growing and then when I changed that and I actually took the healing off myself I was like I'm not healing I don't need to heal I'm just growing and expanding and when Mm. I switched that perception yeah. Suddenly, it became a lot less resistant because if I had a moment where it's like a downwards and everything's up and down when it has a little bit down you didn't feel like oh you're not good enough you're broken that never come to surface it was just like oh you need this so you can rock it up to the next bit yeah you know? so maybe that's something you can float in your mind yeah
1: about. yeah I love that because you're right I mean I love growth and <laughs> I love contribution I have like on my high you like human needs, it's its contribution, then it's growth. And then it's actually love and, and connection. But what you're saying is, like you said, like it's a never ending story, of course, because we reveal a lot of about ourselves, the kind of deeper we go, but also through, I think we mirror ourselves in every interaction with another human being or an animal or whatever like yeah. out there so yes i love that because it's much more positive yeah i think word. it's much more
0: empowering to, yeah it is to empowering of, yeah otherwise like i don't use the word improvement either because to me i always say self-development because to improve yeah. something means it's not again not good enough right now it exactly. needs improvement yeah right? and every time, and it's
1: the lack of yeah when you say that yeah, yeah
0: and every time you feel not good enough And it's you go to the future for the time that you're going to be healed, fixed, better. But in the real reality that you live in, the moment you're in is only the moment you're in, and in that time, you're telling yourself, "I'm not good enough. Yeah, I need to change. I need this, and it's all future pretense. It's all going to a different direction, and it'll take you from the present. And if you're not in the present, you're not productive. (laughs) Yeah, you you can't. I
1: love this. I need to write it down as well because it's yeah, it's it's true and. I think also when you say because I I talk a lot about healing, but now when when you mention it this way, yeah. that's also what scares people.
0: Yeah, and but like because- I I find the thing as well is to be able to be online, you have to use again trends. It's a bit like you said before; you have to use trends. You have to use what people are actually looking for. Yeah, so I didn't use the word sometimes improvement or healing you know so many people that need to hear certain things won't find you because that's the words they're using because that's what they're feeling right now is they're they're like i'm i'm looking for healing mm. so if you don't say that you're not going to reach them so it sort of goes back to that again you give them what they want you say like mm-hmm. this if you're looking for healing it's here but then in that you give them what they need and say but you're not broken you don't actually no,
1: healing because no one is
0: yeah yeah And like I said, I went through what I would call heartbreak, you know, I had my heart ripped open and broken and it took me a while and I was like, okay, no, it was just broken open so I can love more, not close off, you know, so it's like, then breaks are breaking open, you know, so that, like you said, more growth, more expansion, more connection, more service, more love, more joy, all the more beautiful experiences that we're here for and to serve for, to my, my beliefs.
1: Yeah, I love that. I really do. That's. I will really take that to my yeah my yeah. business and my personal life as well to really focus on that much more.
0: Yeah, You're my right. My question with your with your business as well, and we're getting near to the end because was yeah. keeping it to an hour, I could talk to you for a long time, um, but I have one more question. Then a few short, fun questions that are very short. At yeah. End. But with your business, without giving yeah. me a thought of, like the whole process, but so you have a client, you start with I imagine some form of consultation. So if I was now coming to you and we just booked a call and I'm sitting here and I uh, roughly, how does it work? Like do we sit in and then I have all my clothes with me or we have like a long discussion and go
1: through. (laughs) So I, I will like the first like is to really get to know you. So it's a lot about your past and your story and uh, where you're coming from. Like, um, yeah, a lot of, because I need to know who you have been as well and your story and so on. Because when we then continue, so it's a lot of like spiritual mindset, like the mindset part. Because I've been working with that myself a lot, and so the story, spiritual mindset. It could be setting boundaries. A lot of inner work, I would say. And then it's about your wardrobe and. Uh, to take out, because everything is energy. So if you have a lot of clothes hanging in there, representing, you know, areas in your life or, or whatever, like everything is, you're emotionally attached to clothes, even if you don't know it, you are. Yeah. Uh, and some people have lost weight and they still have their old clothes hanging there. And so on. and so. then we go into that and to add on like what you actually... Maybe you need to add in something to really put you in the state where you are at now and also where you're heading. So I I kind of make a visualization for you, Look where you're at now and where you're heading with your style. But I do that. And then, then it's uh, about if we need to shop something, I also help to combine everything because um, – that's mostly the part where people they have a lot of clothes. They don't know how to combine it so it feels like them, like
0: to express their sort of true exactly. self. Exactly. Yes. Like said, I, mean, I, like, self. I like that you added the the future self. Like. Yeah. You know, so I imagine you go for a process. It's like, how would you dress if you was already that place that you wanted to be? Exactly. You know, what would that look like? What would that feel like? And like, yeah. that now, so you can actually, like you said, like you're a vision creator. So you get them into that vision. So become that rather than wait till you're that and then dress like that. It's like become what you want so you can be what you want. (laughs) Yeah. And and building that process. And um no, no, it's fascinating. And I'm I always looking at a lot of stuff and and thinking a lot feeling a lot and analyzing a lot myself and like i've noticed through so many traditions and spiritual practices the importance of the clothing the importance of the color and the representation how they're perceived you know like the monks with their bright orange and then some are all white and you know for different occasions different colors and even in western society where it's a different type of spirituality but your funeral is all black and then another funeral in another part of the country it's white and a wedding's white and this is black and there's. We've been using colors forever to represent our, our expression in that moment, but also to connect in a different spiritual way at the exact same time. So it's like you're adding all them layers into someone's life to try and bring them into place. So now it's really, really fascinating, and really. And, and,
1: and, and as, as you say awesome. about colors, like here mainly if you go to funeral here in Sweden, people wear black. But black is also a which is attracting the energies from others, which is if you're in very much pain and then we sit at the same funeral and we wear black, I could also, and I'm, I'm also an energy healer or I mean, I guide people. You heal yourself. Now we come into healing part as yeah. well. But uh, then I... I might now. I know how to like, okay, this is my energy space, this is yours. But if I'm not having these tools for myself, it could be that I'm attracting all the other pains from other people into my energy field. So I heard about, like, in, like you said, in some countries you wear white, which is repelling. So instead, you're standing in your own light mm-hmm. and so so you don't i don't know how to say it like i found it very fasc- fascinated because i think the, the 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 when i'm going to die someday i want people to have colors i will not want anyone to wear black because for me that's pretty i don't know i don't yeah. think it's empowering i don't yeah,
0: and i think like i said the society and different things like for me like i've had friends my best friend when i was younger died at 19 and mm-hmm. I had like four or five friends died really young when i was younger and i went to all these different and they all had different funerals as well which was interesting yeah every single one to me was and some of them say it should be but to me it didn't feel it should be um was very sad very dark very cold and i was like oh from a very young age i was like when i go whenever that is people better be happy (laughs) people better be joyful celebrate that i had a life celebrate that that, that, celebrate that thing and that they're all there because And try and make that a beautiful experience as hard as it would be. That was like, I've got to make How can I make it? And when I was really young, I was like, right, I'm going to have like, they can have a bouncy castle. There can be some colors. It would be like a kids' fun fair. I was all yeah. crazy ideas. I was like, how do you make it fun? How do you make it yeah. something that people can feel is joyful? Um, and
1: celebrate, just, yeah, somehow but- celebrate life. My dad didn't want something like that. He wanted, like, uh, <laughs> he wanted not a party, but most like, he wanted, to have like kava and like appetizers and that people would mingle and and yeah have fun like
0: yeah, talk about the person in their best yeah light. what would what they they can share like i heard exactly i can't remember who it was it was some it might have been another podcast or something and the guy was saying he had a really good relationship with his dad but when his dad passed he found out through his dad's friends a whole nother world that he said he never knew about. And he goes, he actually felt more connected with his dad because they were yes. sharing all his stories. And he goes, I, oh, he was more like me than I realized, but he never showed me them bits. <laughs> and he goes, so you find out something yeah. through that process or even more about someone you don't know because we were yeah. slightly different to different people in different ways and had different experiences. No, it is. Yeah. I- Again, I could keep talking and talk about colors and clothes yeah. <laughs> and everything forever, but I know you've got a day ahead of you and kids to go and love. So
1: yes, I would just I ask do. You,
0: there's some short, quick fire questions. You can yeah. elaborate if you wish, if you feel like more, but they're normally one answer questions. I ask every guest the exact same questions at the end of the show. So you have time for them? Absolutely. And so the first one, if you had to choose one, a cat mm-hmm. or a dog? Dog. I thought, I thought from our conversation, that would be the answer. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite color?
1: Uh, red.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, if What's
0: your favorite or what sound do you love?
1: Oh, the waves. The sound of the ocean, oh, I nice. say. Yeah.
0: yeah. And what sound or noise do you not love so much?
1: Oh, um, when it's like, sometimes if you're in a busy city in its very high Disturbing, I can't explain really. Uh kind of a noise who is not coming from the nature. Maybe it's that it's not coming from the earth.
0: the the constant sort of buzzing of the of the busy city life, and there's no stillness there. Constant.
1: No, and I could just be there a short while, then I'm very tired. Like my energy is, yeah.
0: Hmm. Hmm? The um what what do you love about yourself
1: oh I love that I could tune in to people and really make them feel more loved by themselves from themselves but that I make people feel comfortable being themselves around me that is something that I and it comes to all ages, from right. children to, and also animals. I would say. Now, when we're talking about,
0: yeah, um, and <laughs> what, what do you what do you love to see in other people?
1: Ah, oh, the the passion, the joy, and just when they they feel happy, like from the inside. It could be the smallest things. I would say, no. and yeah it doesn't have to be big and you know
0: yeah sometimes um, we we are our most happiest and joyful when it can be from something really insignificant you know yeah sometimes like you said that's the most special because you didn't have to do much to
1: laugh laugh together like laugh about anything i would say also the 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 painful stuff (laughs) to kind of laugh about it as well because yeah it's the now so
0: yeah and last question, what, yeah. do you, what do you love about animals? This can be animals in nature, pets. What are your truths?
1: Uh, I think they're very wise and they have so much, I don't know, it's something about their souls that I could connect with it without even speaking, just um, looking into the eyes if, if it's possible. Uh, but also feel their energy. It's calming. It's very calming. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like I said, we said through the beginning of the conversation, they're very, uh, it's very intimate and loving and powerful beings. You know, to that we all connect with. And some people will deny that there's a connection with animals, but you can look around, and I see, I see so many old men who have got a little dog sitting yes. sitting in the park sometimes, and it's like because of society, I think, and the way they've lost connections, like as you would have seen, if you have been back to India, you know, you've got generation, generation, generation that the older generations aren't alone. Whereas mm, pretty much most places now, lots of the older generations alone, but that dog or that cat has stopped, has has given them what they can feel a little bit of love from, you know, something in their life.
1: And you could also tell by an animal, uh, if a if a person is not nice to an animal, you could see. I mean, they could sense everything about the other person's like energy, mm. like we also can as humans. But uh, you have to train. I, I mean, you have to train yourself to really feel what's what kind of vibration and energy that. But, but you could really tell if if a animal doesn't feel comfortable in. A dog would start to bark or do, you know, I don't know what you call it in English when they yeah, like a a f-
0: gr- a growl.
1: Exactly. Yeah. For example, but you could also feel they could also feel when someone is really have no bad intentions or just have, yeah. have love, yeah, I would the- say.
0: Yeah, I've been asked by people because obviously we've got five cats and a dog and yeah the way we live it's like people say like but cats need stability they need this they need that and they you can't move them about and I'm like their there's their stability their foundation isn't the house it's us yeah you know? so they always feel comfortable with us and yeah similar with children they have to feel that the parent is is their home not the building you know, if yeah. the building's their home, you will take them to another house because you need to move for whatever reason life's given you. And the kid can be really out of balance. But if the parents, their foundation, their home, their comfort, you know. That's ne-
1: exactly what my children say.
0: Yeah. Exactly that's
1: that. Yeah.
0: So whether you end up on the street or you end up in a bus or you have a new house, the child can still feel home. You know? Yeah. If you, I know you haven't seen the content, but my phrase on my website and that I like to use is "home is where the heart beats." Yeah, because you know, so, that's that is the source, you know. And then when we break from that, our parents, you know, we get that independence. I love that you're saying you help people connect that the love is coming from them because that is the place, you know, it's coming from their own. It is. But well, it's been beautiful to connect with. Oh yes. The story. Yeah,
1: really and, beautiful.
0: Um, yeah, look forward to sharing it with the audience. It will be out in just a couple of days.
1: Yeah, I could talk to you for hours as well. So we can do that another time. But yeah, I'd love to know more. And I will also check out all your episode, the previous one as well.
0: Yeah, it's on all, all podcast platforms. You just put in the Selfish Podcast, Luke Greenheart, and it will come up. But all the they're all on YouTube. Some are video, like this one will be. Some are audio only. But they're yeah. all on YouTube. Um, But you just go to Luke Greenheart's channel on YouTube and it pops up straight away.
1: Good. I will go there right. and check it out have a beautiful day yeah you too thank you
0: yeah we'll speak soon speak soon thank you so much for listening to this episode of the selfish podcast don't forget to like comment share and leave a review if you can it really helps other people find the content And if you gain something from this, maybe someone else will too. I truly appreciate you being here. I'm grateful for every single one of you. You inspire me to continue to create content on YouTube, podcasts, and as many platforms as I can online. So thank you so much. Big thank you to my patrons out there. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be online. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash Luke Greenheart all the links will be in the description and don't forget you can get my free copy of my book the self who am I which gives clarity to identity and direction to your purpose through beautiful insights and perception so go check that out you can get it free at lukegreenheart.com forward slash free remember links in the description it's also available as a paperback on Amazon have a beautiful day truly appreciate you love life love yourself love others thank you again for being here